Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, December 6th, 2016, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Well, we have two trips to Arkansas coming up, one in March for Spring Equinox, which is Athena's birthday, and the other in May for Pleiadian Lineup. This Starseed Gathering is a soul family reunion, and eligibility requires having at least one star marking at galactic degree, which is 25, 26, or 27 degrees of any sign. This is a new four-day event redesigned to bring all star seeds to their next level of activation. If you feel the call of the crystals and a desire to reunite with your starseed family, you can register for either our Spring Equinox Athena's Birthday Gathering, which is March 17 through 20, or you can choose the next one for Pleiadian Lineup, which is May 19 through 22, and write to crystals, that's plural, crystals at starseedhotline.com. Keep in mind that Mercury will go retrograde on December 19th, so if electronics are on your Christmas shopping list, be sure to buy them by the 16th to avoid possible problems. We have one of our favorite guests with us for this Christmas show. Gloria Amendola is an author and intuitive whose life has been dedicated to understanding the esoteric mysteries around Mary Magdalene, the Holy Grail, and her excursion to the UK has brought fascinating possibilities about Joseph of Arimathea and King Arthur. Her trilogy is called Mary Magdalene, Revelations of a First Century Avatar, which contains the channeled words of Mary Magdalene. As a modern-day Knight Templar, she retraces their steps and gathers intuitive impressions of their energy left behind. As an international speaker, she's helped bring greater truth to the story of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And you can visit her website, which is Gloria-Amendola, that's A-M-E-N-D-O-L-A dot com. Well, we'd like to thank Vanya and Fiona for hosting the Switchboard this evening for any who may have a comment or question for Gloria. And if you'd like to chat with like-minded people, we have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds, thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download any show in our archives on iTunes or right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page using the cloud with an arrow icon. And we'd appreciate your support of our show, which you can do by clicking follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notices. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. For those who need healing of any kind for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will help. And if you have a birthday coming up, You don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. 
And remember, if you want an interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order about two or three months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So uh, first this evening, I'm going to try to find Anastasia. There you are, Anastasia. I'd like to introduce Anastasia with her Starseed News. Hello, hello. Hello, Ariel. Good evening, Starseed listeners, Lavendar, everyone. It's great to be with you again. So much news, and we haven't the time to cover it all, so here we go. Well, we're having solar wind right now. A solar wind stream is approaching Earth with wind speeds as high as 700 kilometers per second. First contact with the fast-moving gas will be tomorrow and the next day. They say that will pr uh, produce G1-class cl uh, geomagnetic storms and auroras at high latitudes. Same old thing, but interesting. Uh, sun activities kicking up. We've had a lot of rain and flooding and deep snow all across the planet. Just no time to cover all of that. But we did have some flash, or they did. Uh, Spanish people had flash floods that uh, brought chaos to southern Spain. They said it was the worst rainfall in ner nearly 30 years. Uh, it forced authorities to issue a red alert. That is the country's highest uh, safety warning. They say about 100 cubic meters of rain were estimated to fall within 28 hours. So that was just a couple of days ago. I don't know exactly what it ended up as, but they have had a lot of rain, lots of damage from that. And in New Zealand, uh, they had a severe, what they call a severe, earthquake of 5.5, and that came just three weeks after that mammoth earth earthquake that shook that country. Uh, so it's continuing ongoing. They're continuing to have quakes, not aftershocks. Fortunately, this last one didn't do any damage. And in Peru, there was a 5.5 magnitude quake that struck southeastern Peru, injured a bunch of people, killed some people, damaged dozens of homes. That happened on last Thursday. And uh, Costa Rica hit by a 5.3 uh, tremor. That was followed by 400 aftershocks. And as of Thursday evening last, there were still some 4,000 people without water in various communities in that region of Costa Rica. And in Hawaii, they're expecting three feet of snow. <clears throat> what do you know about that? Whoever thinks of Hawaii getting snow? Well, they are. Their highest peak, they said, could get up another foot of snow, another foot of snow, on top of the two feet that have already fallen. A winter storm warning is in effect for the summits of Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea through Saturday. What a place to live. If you like to ski, <laughs> if you like to swim on the, you know, hang out on the beach and swim in warm water, Hawaii's the place. It's amazing. Well, we have some uh, um, social interest stories as well as some high strangeness stories this evening. Uh, I wanted to bring this to your attention because uh, our Starseed listeners are very health conscious. This article comes from Mercola.com, and it is titled, The Federal Trade Commission's War on Homeopathy. And according to Dr. Mercola, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission is coming after the centuries-old natural medicine known as homeopathy. And in a notice filed in November of this year, the FTC stated that in order for homeopathic, homeopathic rep remedies to claim that they are effective, their makers must provide proof. The FTC further stated that homeopathy uh, lacks sufficient proof and therefore, the product makers must communicate to consumers that the product's claims are based only on the theories of homeopathy from the 1700s, 
that are not accepted by most modern medical experts. Well, about 5 million American adults and American children, 1 million American children, use homeopathy every single year. And, of course, as we all know, the remedies are known to be generally safe and unlikely to cause severe adverse reactions. And that is according to the U.S. National Institutes of Health, National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health. <clears throat> so it's interesting. The Federal Tr Trade Commission is taking one stance while the National Institutes of Health are taking another. And uh, this is really interesting. This is sort of puzzling. Anybody have any ideas? Who knows? I suppose in this case it would depend on the origin of manufacture, perhaps. But American Airlines attendants are demanding full recall of new uniforms after saying the outfits have sickened more than 1,000 workers. That's right. American Airlines rolled out new uniforms to more than 70,000 of its frontline workers. Well, they liked the appearance of the uniforms. They thought they were quite stylish. But now, Americans Flight Attendants Union is calling for a total recall after saying the outfits have sickened a thousand people. They've had complaints about itching, rashes, headaches, and hives that have surfaced within the first few weeks of wearing the uniforms. About, or over, I should say, uh, 1,600 flight attendants reported uh, reactions. <clears throat> so, and that was just to name a few, they said, including eye irritation, uh, rashes, all that stuff I've just said. So isn't that odd, clothing making people sick? So I don't know. It doesn't say what happened after they washed them or if they washed them, but that, that was in the news, came out of a uh, of, uh, mainstream periodical. Well, this is concerning. Uh, you know, I understand that, most of you like the Starseed News, and uh, we all like to know what's going on out there. And we all know that <clears throat> mainstream media <clears throat> doesn't necessarily give us news. <clears throat> In fact, we know it doesn't. So the U.S. Representative, uh, uh, House of Representatives has passed a bill targeting Russian propaganda websites. Well, that sounds like one thing, but it might be something else. On November 30th, one week after the Washington Post launched its, launched its witch hunt against Russian propaganda fake news uh, with uh, 390 votes uh, pro or for this bill, the House quietly passed H.R. 6393, which is the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2017. This is a bill which deals with a number of intelligence-related issues, including Russian propaganda, or what the government calls propaganda, and hints at a potential crackdown of offenders. Now, according to Activist Post, they say that it's easy to see that if this law is passed by the Senate and signed by the President, it could be used to target, threaten, or eliminate so-called fake news websites a list of which has been used to arbitrarily define any website or blog that does not share the mainstream media's proclivity to serve as the public relations arm of a given administration. <clears throat> Washington Post apparently uh, also did an article on fake news, and apparently, I haven't seen it, uh, published some 200-odd websites that it claimed were guilty of producing um, false news. Well, you know, we could look at this as uh, the whole idea of fake news uh, now surfacing in mainstream press <clears throat> is a maneuvering to just tighten the noose around alternative news sites. And uh, <clears throat> that's really deeply concerning, deeply concerning. Um, 
it looks like uh, ultimately the targeting of free speech is the suppression, I should say, of free speech is on the horizon. Unless, of course, we do something about it. Well, um, here's another odd thing. Uh, the U.S. government is being sued by the ACLU for making the entire state of Michigan a border zone. Well, what does that mean? What's a border zone? Well, a border zone apparently is something in the law that says that people can be searched uh, without probable cause within a 100-mile radius of a border. Okay, that is for the protection, supposedly, of the country. Well, a lawsuit is accusing the U.S. Customs and Border Protection of turning the entire state of Michigan into a border zone where anyone can be detained and searched without a warrant. Now, this is according to the ACLU of Michigan. Now, the complaint is centered on the interpretation of that 100-mile zone regulation and how it applies to Michigan. And they're saying that government agents who patrol the border could potentially subject anyone in Michigan regardless of where he or she is within the state, to warrantless detention and search. Now, under federal law, the agents can conduct warrantless searches of vehicles within a reasonable distance of a boundary of the United States. Uh, but uh, the ACLU is contesting this, saying that um, federal authorities uh, are, what do I want to say, pushing the envelope on that. Okay? They uh, say that... Uh, uh, federal authorities have checkpoints elsewhere within uh, the United States' 100-mile border zone that they consider to be crucial to stop drug trafficking, but that many states are now beginning to push that envelope and extending beyond the 100-mile limit, which is, you know, concerning for those of us who appreciate the Constitution. Anyway, um, anybody know anything about that? Anybody had any experience with that? Uh, send me an email. Well, we're all pretty interested in Area 51. And a newspaper called The Sun, a publication called The Sun, has an article called Scarier 51. Scarier 51. And they say that there is uh, uh, aerial time lapse taken from Google Maps that reveals how the mysterious area, area 51 has expanded over the last 50 years. And they said that ever since the 1950s, Area 1, which is located, as you all know, in the Nevada desert, um, has been the subject of conspiracy theories. But now Google Maps is offering a glimpse of the mysterious government site, revealing a massive buildup of infrastructure at the base over this last number of years. Now, satellite imagery recorded annually since 1984 shows a rapid expansion of buildings and runways at the base, and this includes construction of a second runway in what appears to be an extension of the first. And they say that buildings are also being constructed into the side of a nearby mountain, though nobody knows what they do or what they hold. And when you look at those aerial maps, it really is interesting. Now, you know, everything in the country has grown, right? I think you could take an aerial map of any place in the country and see everything having grown. So, you know, that's uh, not to make too much out of that because everything's expanding, but it is interesting. Obviously, uh, it's uh, being used and enhanced uh, even more than it used to be, so passing that along. And here's some weird stuff. The Chinese government has conducted numerous studies on superhuman powers. Well, a recently declassified document that was unearthed through the Freedom of Information Act suggests that the Chinese government has conducted massive-scale studies of superhuman powers like telepathy, psychokinesis, approbation, areokinesis, 
clairsentience, clairaudience, and all the rest. The U.S. Central Intelligence Agency was apprised of these studies and uh, could have conducted similar investigations, all the while keeping the results hidden from the general public. And, in fact, it is a fact that the U.S. government has also engaged in similar studies. Now, there's a document titled, Chronology of Recent Interest in Exceptional Functions of the Human Body in the People's Republic of China. Exceptional Functions of the Human Body in the People's Republic of China. Well, they say that this can be found on the CIA's website, along with detailed studies which the Chinese government and other agencies have funded to test thousands of children to see if they had superhuman abilities. And the government was so interested in the possibility of these superhuman individuals that hundreds of testing centers were set up across China. Now, although they don't reveal the results, except to mention one individual who was a Qigong grandmaster, but who, by the way, was able to smell the content, smell, smell the contents of messages written on folded slips of paper, and uh, who once relocated physical objects from inside, from excuse me, from inside sealed containers to another location. I'll say that again. Wow. This this grandmaster relocated physical objects from inside sealed containers to another location. <laughs> well, Nikola Tesla once said, "Quote." The day science begins to study non-physical phenomena, it will make more progress in one decade than all the previous centuries of its existence. To understand the true nature of the universe, one must think it in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. End quote. Well, amen to that. Uh, the mm. fact that China's government was involved in the study of parapsychology and that the CIA de uh, deemed it too dangerous to reveal to the public while our government was conducting its own studies, is quite telling. Our evolution as conscious creatures has only just begun. Pretty interesting stuff. So, you mm. know, when people call people like us, you know, Looney Tunes or something, <laughs> we, need only, we need only look at uh, uh, countless paperwork and countless uh, studies. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, folks, there's a lot to it. And here's another story from China actually comes from the mirror, says that Chinese astronauts were spooked by, um, oh my goodness, sorry guys, I just had a pop-up window block out my news, apologize. Chinese astronauts have been spooked by unexplained knocking sounds during space flights. Now China's first astronaut says that he heard mysterious knocks during his first flight in space, but no one has been able to explain the cause of them. The astronaut's name is Yang Lui if I said that right. And he said the strange noises left him feeling very nervous as he looked out the window into the vast emptiness of space but couldn't see anything out of the ordinary. Now, this man is now a major general in China's Air Force, and he's still saying that this sounded like someone was knocking the body of the spaceship, comparing it to that of a hammer that hits an iron bucket. This is a 51-year-old man, and he said that... Uh, this experience, his experiences raised all kinds of theories, including aliens, uh, and he said that he's never heard the sound again since returning to Earth. Now, he recalled this experience in a recent interview, telling the Chinese media that the mysterious knocking sounds occurred without rhyme or reason. <clears throat> he reported that he was very nervous when he heard the sounds, and he moved close to the spaceship's porthole to investigate what could be causing it, and he couldn't find anything out of the ordinary. 
And when he returned to Earth, he explained the noises to officials within the space program and tried to imitate it with instruments. Isn't that interesting? I'm going to show you what this sounds like. And you know that they said, well, what did that sound like? So he may have picked up a pan and a spoon, who knows, but he tried to imitate it. Now, you know, this sound has also been heard by Chinese astronauts who have subsequently gone into space. Knock, knocking on the spacecraft's hull. <clears throat> kind of huh. creepy, isn't it? Amazing, interesting stuff. So, high strangeness it is. The world is a mysterious, wonderful place, and consciousness is the most wonderful and mysterious of all. And in light of Tesla's observations, let us all use our consciousness to bend reality into the positive mode. What do you say, Ariel? That sounds good to me. And that's what we're all about. You bet. Well, from my heart to yours, I want you all to have a beautiful week, and it's going to be a great show tonight. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, Real we love Gloria. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right, good night, everybody. Okay, Anastasia, thanks so much for the Starseed News, and we will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Okay, um, we are now going to get um, Gloria and Lavendar's mic open. Just hang on a second. Okay, Gloria, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome. Can you hear me clearly? I've had um, a couple of technical issues. Yeah, it sounds good. Oh, good. Okay, great. Good. Lavendar, are you ready? I'm here. I'm ready. Okay. Well, welcome, Gloria. Hi, uh, Lavender. So How are you? Good. We're so glad to have you back. I must tell you that a while ago I went in and looked at my emails, and I got an email from uh, a gal named Melanie that was on your trip to France. Oh, yeah. I love Melanie from Australia. Yes, and it's a very, very long email, but she said that I had mentioned to her that she had the Jesus Mary Magdalene markings and that I, you know, was insistent upon her taking a trip to France and that she found you and went, and she said it changed her life. She says in big caps, the most amazing and life-changing time ever, she says, and that she planted Giza crystals everywhere and that she really got so much out of the trip that it it's really upped her game on the planet. So I just wanted to tell you that she just sent me that email, uh, and I just read it before coming into to the, to the radio show. So, well, she did have your Giza crystals, and she did plant them along the way when we were in power spots in southwest France. And I'll tell you, I never saw a person so connected to the earth on all my tours with people to where she would literally undulate and move when we were in places of known ley lines but she didn't know about them and she'd be like what is here I can feel it and it just goes to show that when we're really connected to the earth because she's um, she and her husband are farmers in Australia so deeply connected to the earth and the mother she could feel them without even knowing and of course I could validate it because of my study and it was extraordinary to watch her come alive in that way watch the earth with it with its unbroken memory just download her every day. It was extraordinary. Well, you know, in her astrological chart, I think she had what we call the marking of the crystal grid, which I told her, I said, go and find a tree, 
take your shoes off, put your back up against a tree, just bury your feet into the ground, close your eyes, and then travel the grid because you're part of the grid. So, of course, she was able to do that. Oh, that makes a lot of sense to me now that you said that. I get it. Yeah. People with 26 uh, degrees of um, Capricorn or 26 degrees of Cancer, they seem to have this innate DNA response to the to the grid. Oh, wow, that is good to know. Well, we're uh, going to have to talk about that a little bit more, especially with what's going on in our world right now. I think those people need, uh, you're probably identifying, but I kind of need to know about that because I do feel that on some level we are under assault and yet I do believe that even with all the toxins and the pollution that are being driven into the mother that she is still very much alive. And for those who can really respond to the grids, it's really just another form of light working, consciousness raising that we need to be really diligent about right now. And when you think of the Internet above the earth and how it's formed a net, how it's formed a grid, and then on the and then on the planet, the crystal grid is vibrating now to to the internet. So it's like we're caught in between the internet upstairs. I mean the 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 global internet. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the the energies around the globe. You know, not okay. so much individually to each computer, but it's a consciousness pattern. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And that somehow those of us that are standing on the planet and we're connected to both, we have a responsibility to balance out the consciousness that, that's, that's now happening so above, so below, that kind of thing. I've well, really you know, been tracking that a lot lately. Because I've, I've studied with um, some uh, people who take the grid working um, very, very seriously, and... To me, they've always said that there's been this arcane knowledge, which I find where Jesus and Mary Magdalene walked, where the Templars walked, the Essenes, the Atlanteans, the Druids, it all lines up. And it, and they, they would say to me that whoever controls the grid controls consciousness. So by what you just said about that... That's it, true. Yeah, and, and it really makes sense to me what you just said in terms of those who really, not, not only some of the content of Mary's message in the Hopi prophecies, which I hope we talk about tonight, I'm sure we will, but also with people holding the light now, how we have to neutralize that um, battle almost, if you will, at least it feels that way on some level to me, and get the, you know, really connect with that stellar light into the grid and infuse it with light. Well, one of the things that, that I have been tracking for many years is we have like uh, 33 gym PowerPoints on the planet, and some of the guardians that that the ancestral bloodlines that they pass on after you know lifetime after lifetime are stationed at these 33 gym PowerPoints that are connected to the crystal grid, and because of the bloodlines and their devotion to be the guardians of the land, this is one of the stabilizing energies that's happening. Uh, unbeknownst to governments, unbeknownst to the Illuminati. I mean, this is something that was planned thousands and thousands of years ago through bloodlines to be at these 33 gym PowerPoints to hold the grid steady. 
Well, that makes sense to me, but I do feel that there's some compromise going on. It could be with all the different technologies that are operational, cell phones, cell phone towers. I don't know. Some of it could just be general interference. But in my traveling and working with key grid points both in the States and across the pond in France and in the U.K., I've noticed um, more interference, and the interference that I've noticed isn't good. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think is happening is a lot of programs have been turned up full blast right now so that a lot of transmutation can take place. Mm-hmm. And we were told that in the Teton meetings in January. So I've, uh, you know, that was a year ago. Now we're going to have another meeting this January coming up. I can't wait to hear the results of what they have found out about turning loose all these massive experiments all at once. <laughs> No wonder we're seeing so much chaos on the planet. But enough of that. I want to get into some of the things that you sent me to to talk about tonight. I noticed that you're having some incredible experiences with George Washington, things in Mount Vernon. Um, Just tell us, and and things that happened up in the Catskills of New York. So just tell us anything that you want to tell us about these recent developments of yours. Okay. I I thought about this, and I thought I would start briefly uh, with the um, Lionsgate of August 8th. Okay. And I was um, facilitating a Magdalene circle, and as I wrote in my um, biographical info, I'm, I'm up to about 300 Magdalene circles both here in in Europe and in the U.K., so I say that only because on August 8th, when we were having this particular circle, we went into a sound meditation slash activation. And so I'm very familiar with this pattern in this work and what may or may not come through in any given circle. And on that date, there was about a 23-minute sound activation. And I know when that's happening because I can't stop playing my hoop drum. It just won't allow me to, you know, even if I want to stop, I can't. And there was um, a friend, Sharon, who was also doing the rattle, and we were working with it with the group activating. Anyway, to make a long story short, it wasn't until 23-plus minutes into the recording, um, because it was recorded, that Blue Star, Kachina, announces its presence. It felt like a, it felt very masculine. It was very strong energy. And it talked about, um, the Blue Star talked about how, um, I'm going to try to get to that document because I don't have my internet here. But Blue Star came in and again, very, very um, powerful, powerful energy. And the message, um, again, just trying to get to that on my document here. He, he, I say he, it says, I am Blue Star Kachina. And I come to give you the sounds of the stars and the strength of the starlight and the codes of remembering. Listen to them. They help strengthen you at this time of great confusion and chaos and clarity and calm. Trust in the blue star, Ka-Chi-Na. And and the the emphasis was on the sounds, Ka-Chi-Na. Not as as the Kachina, as we say it in that way, but really breaking down the sound. And this really surprised me because I had never in all my years of, of 
being out west and working with indigenous peoples and the knowledge and so forth, I never came across this direct transmission. And quite frankly, I was wiped out for a couple of days, just wiped out. So that's that experience, which I just, I'm trying to set the stage here for when we were then in the Catskills. There was a small group of us finishing up some work in the Catskills of New York. So does that make sense so far? Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm tracking it. It's great. Okay. So we have been working, I've been working up in the Catskills for about three years now because there's some very incredible um, information that is coming to light about exactly who was traipsing around in the woods up there, who and why, and perhaps what they were looking for. And again, we're talking about grid points, we're talking about guardians of the grail, if you will. Um, so, So I've been looking at sites with different people. So there are incredible um, markings that are thousands of years old. Um, it's At least that's the current working hypothesis, and computers make that a lot more easily identifiable. So there's many um, uh, ceremonial sites and different kinds of sites in the Catskills that are aligned to certain star systems, Draco, um, the Pleiades, uh, Milky Way, Galactic Center, and they're very specific. They're working with an engineer up there who's worked with Graham Hancock, and they're looking at the um, measurements because it's all pure math. When you get down to the navigational system up there, it's really pure math. It's like once you break the code and you know the numbers and the, and, and the angles and the degrees, boom, there it is. It's very easy to then follow because you've broken the code. And so we've been working up there, a small group of us, for a while, and just, it just keeps getting better and better. So in, on Labor Day weekend, before I left for France, something told me to get back up into the Catskills and go look at this ancient site that they believe is, um, well, it could be 3,000 years old. And so a small group of us went up there and we hiked. Uh, it was steep and messy, but we got to this site and it felt very ceremonial to me. Now, as an aside, I followed the sun activity pretty much daily on the NOAA charts, and it was through the roof. I mean, the red bars were, were through the roof. And so I knew that the sun was acting as a portal of information and message and energy because to me that's what the ancient Rosicrucian teachings and other teachings tell us it does. And, the, and that the sun behind the sun is, is supposed to be the star Sirius, and there's a specific reason why the Founding Fathers uh, picked Sirius and certain alignments to sign the Declaration of Independence. So there's a real foundational piece with our Founding uh, Fathers and the star Sirius. And even in Freemasonry, the blazing stars in the lodge are usually referring to the star Sirius. Okay, so what does that have to do with the Catskills? Well, we, we go up there, we hike the site. My, my gut instinct says this is a ceremonial site. I turn to Glenn, our guide, um, and he says, we do believe it's a ceremonial site. So we drummed and we paid respect and honor to the Great Mother, to the Earth, and we came down and we all went back to the original parking lot to which we met. And that's when I sent you that image of, as we pull into the lot, the car next to us has a license plate. And what does the license plate say? Serious. Wow. S <laughs> I R I U S. I don't know about you, but I never I have never seen a license plate that said 
Sirius spelled like the star Sirius on its plate. So I had sent you that image. And we just got a kick out of it because I, I in particular, felt that there was an incredible download when we were in that site and that it is believed that there are actually, there are potentially humans on Sirius or some form of human being and that um, it communicates with us. Wow. Well, you know, synchronization is confirmation. It is. I mean, it's just not every day you see Sirius on the license plate, right as you move, right as you pull in a parking lot um, in the car, it's the car right next to you. I mean, there was no mistaking it. So we all took pictures. We got a kick out of it. But every single one of us was knocked out again for a couple of days with this sun activity and these downloads. So, so let me ask you: Did you did you see who was driving that car? No, it was parked. It was there was nobody in it. It was parked, and there it was. Okay. Be interesting to know who was driving the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It um, it was just kind of one of the. I get funny little messages in license plates of vehicles. People get them in different ways, but I have gotten hilarious messages on license plates of cars. It's just uh, yeah, I, I know. know. It's kind of a cosmic joke, and and I get a kick out of it. Yeah. Um. So fast forward. I mean, France was extraordinary, and I felt such great harmony. I felt the beauty of this energy that's coming in, this galactic light, um, these these um, alignments, if you will, in southwest France, and, and, and we were primarily in the Rennes-le-Bain, Rennes-le-Chateau area, but we did venture into the Ariège to caves and, and so on and so forth. And it was beauty, it was harmony, it was bliss, it was um, extraordinary, as you can attest to Mel's um, email. When I came home, I didn't feel that way. You know, I live um, not far from New York City, and it's a geomantic corridor, and it felt terrible. And I thought, man, this really, this really stinks. I mean, this is either this is manipulation, or there's just too much gunk in the grids that I'm susceptible to because it kind of feels really bad being here. Um, and I usually like being home, um, so that wasn't so great. So. Fast forward just a little bit, and it's before I went to Mount Vernon. I'm walking down by the water. Uh, Gloria, let me let me just interrupt just for a moment because I wanted sure. to say something about asking you. When you were in France, do people come up to you and say, I know you or you've come back again? Do people respond to your energy when you show up in different restaurants and different places? Yeah, people know me. I have friends there. Um, I... I'm not talking about friends. I'm talking about I'm talking about strangers. I'm talking about bloodlines that may start remembering you. Has that started happening? There is a soul recognition that happens. Yeah. Sometimes not even conversation, just a soul recognition. And you can somebody can stand in front of you and you look at them. This has happened to me at Montsegur and, and we both we know we know each other but yet we don't. And they could even be speaking a different language, German, um, you know, just Italian, different languages. And there is a soul recognition. And, and it's just like a haunting and beautiful look that you exchange. Well, one of the things I was tracking as you were talking, and then you talked about coming back in that yucky energy, when you're around soul vibration of land and with 
with souls that you've lived, loved, and died with from other lifetimes, and then you step into the abyss, of course it's going to change you somewhat. Yeah, that's true. I think I think when I think I've learned, in, especially in the Renla Ben Renla Chateau area, Bougarache, La Pique, the the geometries of the area. I've spent a lot of time with Henry Lincoln, and he showed me a lot of things. And what I realized is the body system really responds to that. So when I'm there and I'm in alignment and I know how to work with telluric energies and can guide others and, and use sound and, and so forth, it, it, it definitely awakens the um, divine proportion within the human body because it's also mirrored there on the land and on the stars above. So it is an incredible alignment there. So it is, it is alignment, it is coherence, um, and there's nothing like it. Now having said that, I've been in my home for 20 years, and I've been in this area, so I'm well aware of it. And there's and I, I live like right on Long Island Sound, so there's a certain vibe that comes from the salt water that's really good for me. But it felt more than that, Lavendar. It felt like my senses had expanded, and I could literally hear the pipeline of the grids. And it just there was so much dark and chaos and shadow that it was just disturbing because it was really way out of alignment, yeah. Yeah. So let me ask, since you said 20 years, I, I wonder if you're on a 19-year a pattern of movement where you either change vocations or change uh, people in your life or move every 19 years. Did, did, have you noticed that about yourself? I think it's just starting to um, manifest. I think in this nine-year that 2016 has been, I think I've um, been, you know, certainly with certain astrological alignments in my chart, I've been really examining, you know, what am I doing, uh, reality check, uh, validation, and so forth. And so I've been going through that process, but I haven't seen it yet externally manifest in my life. It, it sounds like it's it's about to. That's, that's just my, my, my hit on it. Uh, okay. Tell us more a little bit about your trip to Mount Vernon in Virginia and the channel well, of George Washington. Would, That's would, really like, intriguing to me. Yeah, but 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 in order to set the um, the timeline right, if 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 it's okay, I would like to give the because this was a few days before we left for uh, Washington D.C. and I was walking with a friend by the water, and it was just a beautiful, gorgeous day. And all of a sudden, I could feel Mary Magdalene's presence coalescing around me. Now, that wasn't the intent. It was just to get out and take um, take a nice walk on an October autumn day in New England because, you know, it's, it, we know it's going to get colder. So all of a sudden, I feel, I feel Magdalene's presence. And so we go down by these stairs by the water, and I sit so that I can focus and, and, and receive what's coming. And much to my surprise, Mary says, the earth has shifted. And this was October 26, 2016. Very clearly, she says, the earth has shifted. Now, I've never heard her quite say it so matter-of-fact. So I gathered my senses, and I said, okay, let me focus. And, and then I asked, well, what does this mean? And this is what she said, and this is before Mount Vernon. For those of you that have chosen the path of personal evolution, you now have the opportunity to activate more DNA within you. You now can expand yourselves beyond your current understanding. And the colors you see and the experience are a reflection of that expansion. 
enjoy this vibrant world, for is it not so beautiful? Many of you are ready for this expansion. Just remember to be in the compassionate heart. That is where your power is. And it is not the same as empathy. Empathy is not a good choice for you at this time because it entraps you in another's emotional body. Do not take on their lessons, for they are not yours. If you see someone in need in the present moment, help them. Then move along. Stay in your power. The field around the heart will strengthen. It will grow stronger each day. Events in your world will heighten as the clash between those who are awakening and evolving and those who remain in fear of this change will escalate now. Do not be afraid no matter what you hear. For those of you who stay in the compassionate heart will be fine. Remember, you have chosen this pathway. Wow. Very so she strong. was making it. She was making it very clear that we have shifted, um, and 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 that was a that was a change. And that it's almost like immediately I thought of the Hopi prophecy rock, where you see one um, w- one line where people are choosing the compassionate heart and connection to the mother to the earth, and then those who are on a different pathway that could be more artificial at this time, if you will. Um, and and so it's almost like artificial or organic, and you know, in in some sense, in the Hopi prophecy rock. And so, with that in tow, we go to Washington D.C. Um, first to look at the founding documents um, at the National Archives, and then to do some grid work down there on the 77th latitude, which uh, longitude, which is very important. It's called God Meridian, and then we ended up at Mount Vernon totally by surprise. Wow. So at Mount Vernon, I feel the very high mind of George Washington, if you will. And at that point, I was thinking of our current political cycle and choices and how we've devolved and how this person had such a high mind, was working with a higher self, if you will, and, like, how did we get to that disparity or that extreme? And so I was very emotional at Mount Vernon because it was a place of beauty and power and grace. And then I looked at what our choices were in the present cycle, and, and to me they were terrible. Um, so I, I veered, I, I left the group, and I said, I'm going to go try to connect and bring through some information. And that's where I did a channeling leaning against a tree that I think was planted around 1874 there at uh, Mount Vernon. And Washington had some personal things to say to me, but he was very clear that our democracy was in peril. I agree, yes. Mm. Wow. Oh, and well, he was the, one of the first ones that said, "I give up my military commission to step into civilian life because the military should not be involved in 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 matters of uh, the Constitution." Yeah, you remember him yeah. saying that. And he, you know, he they had a beautiful life there. They had gardens. They were they treated not that slavery was right, but they did treat their slaves very appropriately. 
Um, and when Washington died, he, he uh, freed all his slaves and had hoped that that would be an example for others. And so what you see in, in when you go around there and you really get a sense of who he was and they were, um, you see this person who was of great service. And I felt his roots were very esteemed, if you will. I've heard that he was from a bloodline or a wisdom line um, family, George Washington, um, not the only founder, but certainly him. And I could feel it when I walked the earth where he walked great wow so when well, you we really that, had some some high high strangeness experiences uh, in the last few months with the changes that are happening on the planet do you go to new mexico and arizona very often is is it one of the places that you travel to i haven't i haven't been out west since 2011 um Prior to that, I, w- I must have made about four or five more trips. I was born in New Mexico. Um, it's very near and dear to me, and I've been out west at least 25 times, but I haven't been out there um, since 2011, and I've mostly spent time in Colorado and New Mexico. Yeah. So what can you tell us about preparing for this new earth frequency that we're being introduced to now? Well, a couple of things. Um in concluding the Mount Vernon uh, message, and, and a lot of this is on my blog, so for the listening audience, if you want to go back and look on my website, gloria-amandola.com slash blog, you'll see a lot of what I'm talking about, and there's a lot of vibrant imagery there, so you can uh, go take a second pass through it because I think it's really helpful. So so for me, when we were leaving Mount Vernon, one of um, the women in our group spotted a car, another license plate message, and the car said Cathar, C-A-T-H-A-R-E. That's how oh, it was spelled. You're kidding! Oh, I wow. swear to God, I swear to God, I, I think I, we we laughed. We just couldn't believe it, and it was such an emotional day there. We just kind of were quiet for a while on the drive home, and so a day or so later, I was driving on the road to another group, and I kind of was questioning George, saying, okay, why Cathar? You know, what's the message there? And he said very clearly, the whisperer, the person that I identify, said, you all are the Cathar reborn, but you must fight again for, for what you believe in. Like he showed me certain flashes of images, and it wasn't just, you know, peace, and it was very active. It was very yeah. much about taking action. So I think one of the one of the ways in which to deal with this rapid, to me, rapid shift of energies at this time is to know that we all, in our own way, are being called to action. Yeah, practice time is over. Exactly. Yeah, practice time. I mean, it's, I saw that in January of last year, practice time is over. You better stand up and do what you can to be who you are because – the different uh, chaotic energies that will be thrown at us now. We have to stand very tall in in our presence, in our power, and and become the observer instead of the participant of any kind of chaos. It's required of us now, don't you think? Right, yeah. Yeah, I think our voices really need to be heard. I think action is really necessary, and for everyone it will be different. Um, but but the fact is the, the passivity can no longer remain. It's really time to get active. So 
I think um, both in the Hopi prophecies, the blue and red star Kachina, and um, Magdalene's message is about staying in the compassionate heart. So I know for me, I teach groups and, and I do it myself, that when I'm getting lost in my thoughts, when I'm going down a rabbit hole that I shouldn't be going down, that's just going to diminish my power. It's not going to serve any purpose. I take my hands and it's first the left one I put on my chest, I cross my heart, and then I take the right one and I cross it the other way as if to make an X on my heart. And it reminds me to move from not only the mind to the heart, but to also start going deeper in the science of the electromagnetic field of the heart. So it's not just about being compassionate, nothing obviously, nothing wrong with that, but really understanding that there's a real science going on here. And if I look back at Magdalene's message, she's saying, she's saying if, you need, if you see somebody right in front of you who needs help, Go help them. But make sure you're staying very centered in the present and in the heart because your power will go stronger every day. So that tells me there must be some kind of cosmic energy entering more fully into our atmosphere that if we really stay very focused in the heart energy, our light body, our electromagnetic field um, will grow stronger and it will be a force to be reckoned with. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, I wrote some some many years ago, there was a, a code that was given to be called spin and walk away. Spin and walk away. And, th- and that describes what you just said. Spin mm-hmm. and walk away. That makes sense. It really does. You know, the they attach to it so that it, you know, so it can, you know, once you, once you do the work, you, you detach and walk away from it so that it, it has a life of its own and it doesn't follow you and it's not, a, it's not hooked to you to where it's going to create any karmic backlash for you. That's why spin and walk away is so important when you do this kind of work. That's true. And, I, I mean, I think that really bears repeating for the listening audience because it, I think that's really critical even more so at this time. So it tells me the acceleration rate at which things are moving and folding, expanding, whatever the right words are, that people need to hear what you just said again. Could you repeat that? Yeah, spin and walk away. When you, say when you have a – say someone is in, in, in distress and you go up and you you calm them down, you work with them, you embrace them, you do whatever it is you need to do with them, but once you – uh, get them stabilized, or, or or send them, or give them some kind of energy so they can pr- be propelled on their own. Then cut that cord immediately. Spin that energy. Put a, a lovely energy around them, but walk away because walking away gives you the freedom to keep going and doing this work and not being bogged down by having tentacles placed in you from other people because you have have worked with them. Understand what I'm saying? It's like it frees you to keep doing the work by disconnecting once you do the work. Oh, it, I, I totally get that. And, and for, for the listeners, there's an example, too. If you've read my uh, Magdalene Channel trilogy, I think it's in the second one, there's a section where um, – Jesus grows a tree from just a kind of a blueprint, almost like a Fibonacci mathematical blueprint, 
and that's his showing Magdalene his mastery because they're just reconnecting. And for her, she sits in a dried riverbed, and there's barely a trickle of water. And through the power of her intention in her strong heart field, she raises the level of the waterbed, and it thus flows into the nearby village, and it allows those in the village to have water. You know, water is life. And they make the decision on that day to not enter in the village but keep walking because they don't want to be accused as sorcerers or magicians and they want the people to just believe in the miracle itself. And so they didn't want to attach to it, but they just decided to keep on walking and let the river, the water, really speak for itself. Wow. One of the other things that I've noticed lately about activations of the star seeds on the planet, and of course there's millions and millions of us now, we're probably the best kept secret going. <laughs> Sometimes I, <laughs> I, I I hope that no one else really notices us <laughs> because yeah. we're doing so much uh, work right now in secret, and I think that's the way we should do it for some period of time. But what I'm getting to is I'm finding that the DNA in the physical bloodlines is activated to such a degree now that when a person walks into a room that has these star codes and has these DNA activations, that a whole room gets the code into the other bloodlines that are in in that room if they have matching frequencies. In other words, one person can do it, but what, what happens is two, three, or more people gather together that have those same codes, and then when they walk into the room, not only do they do the room, they do the building, and then they do the surrounding buildings, and it, and, and it goes further and further out from from their energy fields. Are you getting what I'm saying about the DNA activations? Oh, I'm absolutely getting what you're saying. And in, in, in Magdalene's message about um, the DNA, us taking a leap, um, to leap or not to leap, she's saying that there's something that has been encoded in our DNA, and if, again, if you go back and you look at the Sumerian tablets and, you know, the great female scientist Ninma, the geneticist, and, um, you know, how they tweaked a human, the human species, which I believe is probably fairly accurate, they were noticing that there were times where, because they're supposed to be immortal, so I'm assuming they're checking on us uh, up until this very moment, um, that there are times where we would hit these um, crescendos or climax points and then we'd leap in, and it could be the cosmology, it could be the stars, the cycles of time, it could be many things, but they were really astounded at how fast we were leaping and developing and they actually found, uh, I, I, I've read this and, and I've studied this, they actually found that the human species, when it started, once it started on its journey, was actually accelerating faster than the former Anunnaki DNA. I think one because, of the reasons that it happened, Gloria, was because of some of the serums that were given to the bloodlines that would accelerate their learning curve. Do you know what those serums were were composed of? Do you... Um, the the yeah. serums were composed of, of course, things that we'd have nothing to measure them with here. But from my understanding, they were in crystalline form, and they would be activated in the bloodlines with certain astrological timings and certain 
um, earth um, activations. Say a person would go to a, a sacred site and be standing there, and if it was on a new moon or if they were on a grid, and if their bloodlines and the serum that was placed in their bloodline, say, 11 centuries ago, became activated, then it would change everything about that person, and that person would grab a hold of those codes and have a life-changing experience. And once they would leave there, then they would start activating others. That's the way I, I've been seeing it. Right, right. I mean, so we're talking about actual crystals on one level, do you think? Only because I, the only reason I ask is because I, I did some recent channeling with a few uh, ladies who I've known for years, and we spontaneously fumbled into this dimension where we, uh, there was this massive cauldron, and we were a priesthood in Atlantis, and we were working with our individual crystals. But there was something about certain... Uh, chemicals or elements that were put in this massive cauldron and then the crystals, almost like Vogel crystals type. Um, and they were, they, were, they were dropped in and there was something of the combination of those two things that activated those crystals and then activated the person who was aligned to that crystal. And it was something they kept very close to the vest in Atlantis as a priesthood. So I just wonder... Yes, you're you're onto something because the the like the area in Hot Springs, Arkansas, the Arkansas crystals, the yes. Atlanteans actually went to that part of the country to mine the crystals and took them back to Atlantis. So the ones that before Atlantis went down, then they came to Arkansas and they coated the crystals to be released many, many, many thousands of years later, and it was called Never Again Cathar and Never Again Atlantis. Oh, isn't that interesting? So yeah, well, of course, think, Never Again Atlantis was first, and then Never Again Cathar was, was second. But the different, right. those are only two codes that I know of. I'm sure there's other ones. But they, they coded the bloodlines to um, match the astrological timing in the, in the crystalline bloodlines and the serums that, that, that they gave the beings, saying that they never wanted that kind of destruction to happen to our planet again. That it was a safeguard system that they put in motion. Okay, then. So here, here's a question I have for you. There's two questions here. Why Arkansas, number one, and you know why the crystals there, if you will. I know it's a massive deposit, um, but there's there's crystals all over. So what was it about um, Arkansas and whatever was under the earth there? And two, if if they say never again, I get that. But boy, are we on the brink of that very, that very <laughs> uh, cycle, aren't we? Yeah, never again is right up. It's 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 facing us right now. Never again. Period. Yeah, our freedoms and our 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 integrity and everything that we're holding in our physical bodies and our, in the memories of our physical bodies is at stake now, like no other time. I agree with that. I, as far I, I as agree with I don't know why they picked uh, the Arkansas area. I, I have never been told. I don't have that information. But I do know that the, the resonant tones of those crystals that come out of Arkansas are a lot different than crystals that you find from other places. They okay. seem to have a certain kind of coatings that are being released in them that seems to be of a of a um 
of a different harmonic that, that streams line all the way back to Atlantis to find some of the incarnated Atlanteans that are here so they can grab a hold of them and it gives them their their um, their strength and purpose to go forward and saying never again Atlantis. Okay, so okay, so I'm getting that and I mean I've been out to Arkansas, my son and I were there we were there at Hot Springs, and we we brought home certain Atlantean, you know, certain crystals that felt that that were from Arkansas, that felt right, if you will. As a matter of fact, somewhere on my coffee table, I can see them from where I'm sitting. Um, but but I wonder when you're saying that America has always had a secret destiny, and I just wonder if part of that is that that crystalline bed was kind of part of that. You know what I mean? If we were to awaken with those codes and align with them, I just wonder if that isn't somehow connected to the secret destiny of America because the secret destiny is really involved in the awakening, in the ascension, in the um, in the spiritual light in the world, and yet look how it's being so tested and so compromised at this time, not necessarily by people, but certainly by our government. I can't remember the exact quote, but there's something about our Constitution where something is related to the area of Arkansas, and I can't remember now what it was. I'll have to ask uh, Tammy. I think she read it to us one time. Something okay. very – I just don't have – the mem- my memory's not pulling it up right now, but something very uh, – It that area of the country was somehow placed in the Constitution, and I'll just have to ask Tam- Tammy where to find that information. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to throw in a different piece then because I think it's somehow connected and it brings us back to the cat skills. You know, I do a lot of physical walking around up there, working with people from Mira or experts and learning about where all these sites are being cataloged and so on and so forth. I go to indigenous lands. I usually try to stay at Menla, which is where the Dalai Lama stays. It's just incredible. It sits on the tail end of an ancient, uh, one of the largest, might be the largest meteorite impact site in the world. It's massive, but it's, of course, old, ancient, ancient. And so the Catskills have kind of, um, you know, grown up around it, if you will, but there's a gravitational, the gravitational field at Menla is just a little bit different because of that. So anyway, there's a there's been a lot of the physical moving around up there, but then, of course, I come home or I go there and I vision. Uh, take shamanic journeys, see what the intuitive side of me is saying. And so one time as I was preparing to go up for one of my trips up there, a friend of mine who was coming up with me, we did our visioning ahead of time to see what might be on the radar screen for this particular visit. And the craziest thing happened. All of a sudden my consciousness darts right out of my, I could feel it, just like dart right out of my living room where we were seated, and it went directly to one of the mountains um, in this region of the Catskills near Menla. And I was then directed, my, my awareness, my consciousness field, went underground into a, uh, an underground cave and cavern, and I could see this massively tall being waking up out of an ancient sleep. And I had encountered that before, so she was almost like, um, you know, laying horizontally, like levitating. And as she stood up, I was startled at how old she looked, and I almost shrieked. 
And, you know, it was just kind of one of those reactions, and she was extremely tall. And I said, oh, my God, you're old. And, you know, she, she kind of got really snappy and said, you know, what do you want? I've been around thousands of years. And I thought, oh, my God, this is crazy. And I said, who are you? And she looked at me, and she was very spindly, and she looked almost ant-like, and she was, again, extremely tall, like probably 15 feet tall or, or more. And she said, I'm ISIS. Huh. Wow. I, I, I suggest bringing that up because that, to me, and I can't explain it, Lavendar, but those be, the being there that's waking up in that area I feel is waking up almost worldwide. I know um, it's happening in France. I can feel it uh, vibrationally, intuitively, but I also feel it's connected to Arkansas. Huh, wow. And, and Atlantis. Any any hits on that or any, I mean, we, we have the stories of the giants, obviously, but... Let me ask you something. Are the Herkimer mines close to the Catskills? Yeah, they're not that far. They're more in uh, Cooperstown area where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. So maybe, hmm, I'd be guessing the same, maybe um, uh, an hour and a half to two hours from okay. where I go, give or take. Because I know the Herkimers are so different in composition from any crystals I've ever seen, the ones that no, come so, from New York. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them, but how so? Can you be specific? Because I'm curious about this. Well, it's just their shape. The way I don't know. It's just um, I have several of them, and they just uh, they're more circular or something in their vi- It's some crystals do laser shots. Herkimer's kind of it's kind of a kind of a round sound. <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain it. It's like okay. something will be activated in the room, and it picks it up and starts swirling it in in a counterclockwise manner. Wow. That's the only thing I can really describe about Herkimers, is how how they function in the environment. They're not laser. They don't go from place to place. They they they're circular in their in their movement. So you mean more like a vortex, like circular moving? Yeah, maybe. Um it, it's just the way they they seem to operate. Okay. It's their natural state for some reason. Herkimers, from, now the Herkimers from different places, I notice, don't do that. It's only the ones from New York that I find that do that. Well, that's interesting. Well, it's interesting energy up there. Um, there's a, you know, there's, um, you know, it has a name called Manitou. Of course, the Native um, Americans, the indigenous peoples up there, they certainly um, have certain areas that they feel are very sacred and almost like a high level of what they call heaven. And, of course, if you go north of that into the Adirondacks from the from the Catskills, you have, you know, the history of um, the Iroquois Nation, which we, you know, pulled from right. in, the form, in the forming of our government. Um, so it's quite interesting uh, what happened up there, too. And, and who may have visited them to have taught them some of, you know, the peacemaker story, it's right. very much a, a Christ-like story, if you will. Um, and I have a theory that, you know, it really could have been uh, Prince Henry Sinclair or even the Templars um, because they were in that neck of the woods, obviously. Right. 
Yeah, I think that it's all connected, absolutely. Oh, listen, I'm seeing what time it is, and it's a little after 7, and I'd like at this time to have Arielle to come on. She has the switchboard. Would you be willing to talk to some people that may want to call in and talk to you at this time? Sure. Okay. Well, it's been my pleasure talking with you, Gloria, and I'd like to have a private conversation with you later if that's okay so that yeah, we can no, talk that's, more that's about fine. some of the things that that are of interest to us about the star codings and the grid, if okay. if you'd be willing to spend some time with me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So back to you, Arielle. Okay. Well, this has just been fascinating, and, yeah, I can't believe how the time has flown, but... That's the mark of a good guest. So um, <laughs> um, right now, before we go on, I want to say if you are um, already listening to the show on your phone and you want to um, make a comment or question for Gloria, then you need to press 1 on your keypad so we know you want to come on the air. And if you're listening on the computer, then you'll need to pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292, and then once you're in, press 1. So um, that will take a few minutes to um, to go through that process. So is, is there any um, anything else that you would like to share um, about your journeys and uh, or things from Mary Magdalene, especially with, you know, the... Um, not that not that Christmas has anything to do with Jesus and Mary Magdalene, but it is a time when we um, like to remember. Yeah, I, you know what I, I would like to do? I, I do have something to say to that um, afterwards, but what I would like to do is give people, is to remind people that my blog is there to be read if this if this resonates with you in this um, in this timing of this message is to look more fully into the blue and red star Kachina prophecies and I do have some information there. I'm working on a podcast that's going to have full details, just not ready yet. But I'd like to read a few paragraphs for the uh, listening audience, Ariel, of cool. um, the words in the prophecy so that people can hear it. Okay. Okay. So the return of the blue star to China will be the alarm clock that tells us of the new day and the new way of life, a new world that is coming. This is where the changes will begin. They will start as fires that burn within us, and we will burn up with desires and conflict if we do not remember the original teachings and return to the peaceful way of life. Not far behind the twins will come the purifier, the red Kachina, who will bring them the day of purification. On this day, the earth, her creatures, and all life as we know it will change forever. There will be messengers that will precede this coming of the purifier. They will leave messages to those on earth who remember the old ways, those who return to the ways given to us in the original teachings and live a natural way of life, will not be touched by the coming of the purifier. They will survive and build the new world. Only in the ancient teachings will the ability to understand the messages be found. Wow. 
so if we, you know, so so that in itself is is just a, and that's just part of it. Um, there's much more to it, but um, the, those who live remember the original teaching. So if we if we go back to our dynamic duo of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and even the Christmas season, the idea of the original teaching is really there for us. In other words. Even if Jesus um, wasn't born on December 25th, which we pretty much know he wasn't, it goes back to the earth, right? It goes back to the light returning at the winter solstice. And again, connected to the cycles of time in the earth. But the original teachings, I believe, are the teachings that certainly the Essenes were trying to, to collect post-deluge. So after the deluge, these people formed... Um, and got together again, who I believe then became the Essenes after they left Egypt. And they were trying to reconstruct the original teachings that actually predated him, predated them. And Jesus was very much a part of not only those teachings, but of the education that would have led to more ancient texts through his studies in Tibet and India that would have helped create his level of mastery and remembrance. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. I think for us, you know, for those of us who, like me, crazy people like me, who just sit and have read for well over a decade, just book after book after book, and, and traveled and, you know, put my feet on the ground, it, it, you know, that's why I say when I followed in sacred sites, when I followed in the footsteps, I find the Druid culture. I find the clues to Atlantis. I find um, that Jesus and, and, the, and the Guardians of the Grail and the Templars and the Essenes, like everybody lines up. And there has to be a reason why each timeline of the Guardians lines up in these places. And to me, it's about the unbroken memory of the earth that can be retrieved. And also that they would tr- be trying to remember the original teachings, because according to the to the Hopi, remembering the original teachings is what allows us to evolve and move forward and help create the new world. And are these um, these are on your blog? Yeah, they're not in full. I don't have the full um, prophecy there. Like I said, I'm working on a podcast um, because it's about a, it'll be about an hour long. But those were just some selected. Those were the more positive passages that were selected. In other words, you know what happens if we are living in the heart, close to the earth, and so forth, and remember the original teachings. We'll be we're going to be fine. Um, but there are some very difficult passages in the Hopi prophecies. I mean, I read these decades ago, and um, it just was tough information to read, and some of it didn't make sense, but now with technology and artificial intelligence and all the screw-ups we're doing with nature and the earth and food and crops and soil and the bees and all that, a lot of it's starting to make sense. Wow. So um, just to to recap, um, your website is Gloria-Amendola, and that's spelled A-M-E-N-D-O-L-A dot com, and then forward slash blog to get to those those writings. Okay. And what have you got coming up um, 
new new trips, new um, experiences on the on this calendar? Um, I what I think is going to be happening for I live in New England, so winter is is you know creeping upon us. And I think for me, um, what is really important this winter is to write. Uh, that's what I see myself doing for the next three or four months. And I've been thinking about these these books for so long now, because it's been a couple of years since I put out a book. So I have a feeling that the information is going to come quickly. I've been um, working on um, a book called a, a Tale Worth Telling, and it's actually a little bit about the, the the interview style tonight, some of the traveling, and the bumping up against people and places, <clears throat> excuse me, and messages, and just telling it as a tale and making it simple rather than trying to. Uh, put it in a different format so it's an enjoyable read, but getting a tapestry of channeled information out there for people to start even to consider even broader ideas and perspectives. One of the things that, that I found interesting was when I was waiting uh, to come on to the show, I was listening to the news, and I loved that um, your lady, I forget her name, who does the... Anastasia. Does, Anastasia. Um, yeah. When she was talking about China, studying the um, kind of the paranormal, advanced, uh, intuitive uh, senses that we have. Mm-hmm. I, I found that really, really interesting because in the channelings that I've been doing for a couple of years now that I've been compiling, it's all about that leap forward into that very um, version of ourselves where that's a little bit more of the norm. And so I want to get the information out there so people begin to see, okay, if you're going to decide to leap forward, this is a glimpse of what it could look like, what your potential really could be, and it's absolutely incredible. And then I think that's why there's so much deception and shadow stuff coming out because people are... Fear is being prompted and people are becoming afraid and that holds people back from the leap. So I want to I wanna get more voices and more information out there um, to help because I think uh, it's a very tenuous time right now. Well, it is. And, <clears throat> you know, your message, the messages that you have channeled, um, it, it makes perfect sense to me because we have to stay really steady and and detached be an observer and um and just hold the light and support the earth and the grid and just hold steady because you know the 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 hurricanes are coming and uh, we won't be as you said we won't be harmed if we are coming from compassionate heart and and just holding that light and not not um, swerving from that. Yeah, and I think, and, and, and another element of the compassionate heart that I think gets underplayed still because I think our understanding of it is is it's coming more into focus. Um, you know, heart math, Greg Braden, uh, there have been people who are really, of course, the ancient Egyptians were very fond of the heart, and we know the heart has a brain in its own system and it develops first, so we're learning more and more incredible uh, ways in which the heart is really the leader, the charges and the um, the magnetics and the movement and so forth of the human heart is um, 
I think the science of it in a more mystical and metaphysical way is um, needs to be understood more so that, yes, being in the compassionate heart is very important. Also, there's Magdalene said in the message, there's something about being focused in that compassion heart that it's almost like growing a light body that has a shield, if you will. So as the light body grows because you're staying in that heart center and not the mind, not the ego mind, which is uh, it's just weaker on a frequency basis, in my opinion, that there's something about the heart field. And, and again, maybe it has some kind of connection to galactic center and the energies that were that really are coming through the grids, the more pure energies, and she said that will strengthen us each day. And so if, if the listeners could envision like that shield, that that Taurus field that is around it becomes very powerful. So earlier when Lavendar was talking about going into a room and because your codes are active, thus and therefore somebody else who's got those codes and they might be dormant will have a spontaneous um, awakening or a deeper awakening. Right. Right. And you know and there are Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll just say there were there are so many people that um that are doing you know, they're they're the activators. Um and I mean we just we see it a lot, especially in our group gatherings. When we take people to Arkansas, we just watch the we just watch it unfold and uh, it's yeah. been wonderful. So what were you going to yeah. say? Well, I, I think I was going to say, because I, I started to listen, when, when you were saying that, it was reminding me of France and how when I bring people there, I can I can see the different levels of activation. And so my, um, my an objective as a facilitator is to bring people there and bring them to very potent points in the earth that... Um, imbue harmony and beauty and light and coherence and watch how the coherent field um, interacts with the human energy field. And depending on where a person is at, it could be a meltdown. Um, Shifting from mind to heart is usually an intense meltdown of the ego, of the ego mind, the monkey mind, the busy mind, Um, and then shifting into more of that heart-based intelligence, which is intuitive and brilliant and like a GPS system. Um, So I think when we're in these magical places, these places where energies are more coherent and in more um, uh, abundance, if you will, that that unbroken memory and that coherent field really is acting upon all of us now. Right, so and then like like people, that. and people carry it from there. You know, when they leave France, then they they carry that with them. Absolutely. Um, you know, so then it it can be, it can be passed along, um, infinite times. Well, yeah, and I think I think when we interact with other people, it's amazing how the right people find. Like I always, I'm never, I'm so amazed at how the right people find each other, and how 
that code can be activated from another because the higher self is in operation and that person is listening. I mean, how many times have people said, well, I know I have to go there, but I don't know why? Right. I know I have to do this, but I don't know why. And it's that higher self in operation at this time to get the right people connected to really build this grid of light on planet Earth because, um, as Lavender was saying, no more Atlantis. Boy, are we on the precipice of that. The the only thing that I think is really going to save us from the fallen or darker nature is the is the cycles of time and the cosmology that we're on the way back up again, if you will, and we're pointing, you know, towards Cygnus and, and in the Milky Way in the galactic center. So the force is with us at least this time. Right. And and the galactics as well um, will not let us, um, I don't think, <laughs> screw up that badly again. Um, you know, there are like Lavendar has said many times, um, they'll let you they'll let you screw up and fall down and, and learn your lesson, but there's a line when it comes to um, destroying the planet. We're not allowed to cross that, and they'll just take care of it. You know, people who have, um, uh, who their job is, is uh, the, the nuclear button, um, those people have... Um, um, ET monitors, or um, they're just being watched, and they're not allowed mm-hmm. to press that button. You know, they think they could, but they won't be allowed to do it. So um, I find that very reassuring because really some of this, some of this intrigue is so far beyond our, you know, our day-to-day life that it has to be handled by beings who are wiser with with better technology. And uh, and a long, long memory. You know, it's true, and yet I think within the star beings that are actually here um, on planet Earth. I mean, I've 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 heard talks by people in in the government or formerly in the government, and um, high, some in higher positions than others, who say that there are at least four species of that. ET, star being, whatever we, whatever name we choose, um, here I just think that it's not. Um, I think it's more. I think they're doing battle just like humans are doing battle. There's people who are really awake. There's people that are just awakening. Um, there's people that are awakening and are angry. There's people at peace. And there's massive amounts of shadow coming into the light to be, to be, to be brought up, to be churned up, to be um, hopefully healed. Um, but, you know, again, everything is a choice point. And I think that even with these ET species that are here, because I do believe they are, um, and even some of, some of the artificial intelligence connected to that, which boggles my brain, is that I think that even with them, they have competing agendas. But I think what gives me peace is that it feels like the more powerful ones are the ones who really are the guardians. Right. Right. You know, and there are, um, I mean, just like, just like on Star Trek, there is a federation of aligned species um, that that uphold um, the prime directive and, you know, certain um 
ethics and and rules. And yeah, I mean, there's always going to be um, the naughty ones, but fortunately, um, the the powerful guardians are greater in number. And I really, you know, when you think about it, Gloria, any being, whether you're third dimensional, fifth dimensional, or any dimensional, um, if you start um, um, with destruction or cancellation or um, interference, you know, any of the no-nos, um, that act in itself is their ticket down and out. <laughs> you know, so we don't, in, in some regards, we don't have to, um, you know, go get them because their their actions have already sealed their fate. We just have to wait for it to play out. And that's just well, my I opinion. Think, I think that's true, but I think there are some situations on planet Earth, like I'll look beyond the politics because I think we've all had enough in the American cycle right now. Um, and, and so I'll look beyond that. But if I look at the Earth herself and I look at um, an issue that's very near and dear to my heart, which is water, I collect spring water. Um, I've been drinking spring water for probably five years, and I can feel the difference between, you know, clean water is one thing, but living water is even the next level of um, the chi or the energy or the the, the earth um, imbues it with its elements. An extraordinary, um, it's an extraordinary elixir, if you will. And yet uh, there is, you know, we're facing a water crisis. So the idea, and in, 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 in on one level we'll look at it as a metaphor, but on another level it's a very real element in our life. And um, I'm blessed to still have some, you know, clean springs that I can go to and collect my water and, and do my thing. But um, that substance on planet Earth is becoming very, um, there's there's kind of a war going on for the profiting and the control of water now because it's the new gold. So I just, I just find it interesting that as we make this passage, especially in these next four years, as we make this passage, we are still in crises with certain elements that reflect life to us. And so that's why Standing Rock was so important, and at least there is a temporary victory right now that, you know, may end up being a permanent one, um, you know, because they, they kept saying, you know, they as the guardians, it was all about life and water, and, and I think the world heard that message more than it ever did before. Well, and then it's true, you know, water... <laughs> Uh, there are a lot of places in the in the world that are, are really hard um, hard hit um, for lack of water. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it is it is the the uh, the life spring for all of us. Yeah, for everything so, we do. Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention? Do you have another trip coming up um, in, uh, next year for France? Yeah, I do. I, um, I'm going to do something I've never done before, and we're going to uh, tour throughout fan- France to all the major goddess sites. It's like it's like they're becoming very alive and um, very aligned. For some reason, France has the most black Madonnas in the world. So, again, the black Madonnas are a very veiled, um, very multi-layered symbol, if you will, very rich. 
but they also go back to the earth and its elements that, you know, the deep, rich soil and the fertility of the earth herself and, again, other levels of that. So it seems like um, we're going to be hitting those incredible PowerPoints throughout the entire country in France, going from Vézelay to Saint-Marie-de-la-Mer to other Magdalene sites and then going to Lourdes to Mother Mary. But there's even so much more than the veneration of Mother Mary in that part of France. I've been told there are incredible star codes being held in that area. So there's this real desire to make passage through and then pay homage to Joan of Arc and Queen Eleanor of Aquitaine and Magdalene and Mother Mary and the Black Madonna and Isis. So that's the big one coming up in May. What dates? Um, I don't have them committed to memory. They are on my website, um, but it's more towards the beginning of May. Okay. Well, that's great because we have often um, clients that that say they want to go to France, so uh, we always steer them your way. Oh, thank so, you. I know. I've had yeah. some wonderful people come from, from your audience, really great people. Yeah, well, we do have a, a, a wonderful community, and I'm so glad yeah. that you are part of it. And um, it's just been such Thank a pleasure you. to have you on. I'm so glad that you could make it and that you finally found a phone that worked, and you, it sounded pretty good. <laughs> so um, this will play back quite well. And um, I just want to thank you so much for the work that you do, for the alignment that you hold. And, um, I mean, you're just you're so dedicated and um, focused that we really appreciate the fact that you're here with us now on this planet. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I really come to understand that I may have done things when I was younger. You know, you raise a family, you take care of parents, you you do certain things in the world, and then all of a sudden when this uh, sense of mission comes upon us, um, whatever that might be, um, I keep reminding myself as it unfolds for me that I really did choose to be here at this time. And sometimes I, in the past I've shaken my head, but it's almost like the, the, the increased chaos or shadow that we're seeing or feeling has, and I'm sure many other people feel this too, it raises your conviction even more to do what you do because you know that it is needed in the world, whatever part you're playing. And I think that was the beauty of being at the Mount Vernon estate of George Washington was to really understand that level of service to the greater vision of humanity that they held um, as our founders. And I, I needed that inspiration even for my walk and, and what I do and um I don't know. I have a feeling after uh, Lavendar and I chat about a few things that we might be organizing a few things in some way because it just seems like we're needed in greater numbers now, and I know your community is pretty dedicated to that as well. Yeah, well, that will be great. Just uh, <laughs> let me know what you come up with. Yeah. And, um <laughs> We just want to thank you so much for um, for sharing your time with us this evening, and I um, hope that you have a wonderful, blessed holiday season. And um, we'll look forward to having you stop back and um, tell us more about your upcoming adventures, and certainly 
um, you know, it, and if you just want to make an announcement, you can just stop by for a few minutes and let us oh, know if you've you. got a, you know, a podcast or a blog or something. Because we often okay. we often do that for people. If, um, you know, they just want to come and and announce something. Um, you know, we give you a few minutes on the show, regardless of who the guest is. Well, thank you, thank you, yeah. and and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, and have a great uh, holiday season to all of you, all of you at Starseed. Academy, and I, I look forward to 2017. I have a feeling that although there will be some tough passages, that we're going to really rise up together because we're just we just inherently know it's time. And I think Lavendar and I are going to figure out a few things. I don't know. It's just an intuition. I don't feel anything specific, um, but I I think that the time has come for us to stand up even stronger together in greater numbers. And, and I look forward to that. And so let the new year come. That's right. And we can make it however however we want, you know. The one the one freedom that we will always have is that is over our own minds. We can we can choose how we feel and what we think. Yeah. And uh you know, so let's let's make this um a great year of new beginnings and greater compassion and uh moving and you know forward it has it has that numerology so it's going to be imbued in the energy you know as well 2017 that's right it's a one year yeah thank that's god cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well gloria big big hug for you and thank you so much for spending your time and and talent and uh, your dedication on the planet so with that, we wish you um, happy, happy holidays. Thanks. And, Talk to um, you soon. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, uh, we will be back next week. And um, just so you know, then uh, the week before Christmas and, and between Christmas and New Year's, we'll be um, on vacation. So just stay tuned and uh, watch for those announcements to come out. We'll let you know what's coming up and when. So uh, from all of us here, thanks so much for listening, and happy, happy, happy holidays. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.